Welcome to Kingsway International Christian Center Tirona, where we are raising champions and taking territories. We are sure this teaching will be a huge blessing to your life. For more information, visit www.kicccanada.ca. Now, get ready to be transformed by the Word. Last week, I believe we talked about the DNA of a champion. I hope everybody can hear me. Okay, good. Um, and today we're talking about dealing with giants. Dealing with giants. Can everybody say dealing with giants? All right, dealing with giants. Praise God. Now, giants exist. I will not kid you to tell you that giants do not exist. All right, giants exist physically and giants exist metaphorically. What that means is that there was a time where on the surface of the earth, we had people who were actually giants. They were giants, all right? They were so big, and it was not acromegaly. Pardon my big English. It was not an overproduction of growth hormones, which is what the world is making. Citizen is different from giants. Yeah, they were giants, and they were products of demonic involvement with the human race. Hello? So we are settling that. Just Let's just settle that and leave it like that. All right? But in everybody's life and in everybody's journey, they are metaphorical giants. That means that things, situations, and circumstances that by all means and in all standards, they are greater than you. Are you with me this morning? And we're talking about we deal with them because our God that we serve has never, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, from the beginning of time till date, our God has never been intimidated by signs. Hello? Are you with me this morning? Our God has never, never, ever has it been. In fact, sometimes in scripture, God reduces the size of an army for him to give victory. So God is not impressed in size. Are you with me? He's not impressed in the strength of a chariot. chariot. He's not impressed in the power of your horses. He's not. So we need to settle that. All right? So dealing with giants, why are we talking about this? Every territory is manned by strong powers. And if indeed you are going to be taking territories, you are going to have, Jesus put it this way. He says, if you are going to go into the house of a strong man, first and foremost, you have to do what? You deal with a strong man. So that when you go in, you know that I've already dealt with a strong man. Praise God. Praise God. And while I was praying about this, the Lord told me to start from Deuteronomy chapter 28. It is not in my text. And the Lord wants us to start from there. Because when we talk about territories, you need to know exactly what it is that the territory you are taking is. This possession that we are possessing, what exactly it is, is it? Deuteronomy 28. Are you still with me this morning? I want you to follow me closely. Now, um, pray for me, okay? God is going to help me to preach the sermon. Deuteronomy 28 from verse 1. It says, it says, if you fully obey the Lord, follow me. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands that I give you today. It says, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Is that in your Bible? Now, this is a command given to a people. Somebody said to a people. It is not a command to a country. This is not a word for the nation of Israel. This is a word for a people. And there is a condition to who these people are. Follow me closely. 
It says, if you will fully, and many people have used this scripture to teach a lot of funny things. I myself, I have used this scripture to say some funny things in the past, but thank God that the Lord is giving us light. Amen? And God is showing us revelation. Let me tell you this. Revelation, when you receive it, you are able to reclaim things that you will have lost. And many times, revelation is not brand new rev. It is what you've always known with light shining on it. It's epignosis upon knowledge. What you know, receiving light. Are you with me this morning? So it says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands that I give you today, it says, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now, if you believe that he's talking about you, say, the Lord my God, Lord my God. is setting me I above all the nations of the earth. Now you didn't say it well. Say the Lord my God has set me I above all the nations of the earth. Now verse 2 says all these blessings will come on you. Not only will they come on you, they will accompany you if you obey the Lord. Is that in your Bible? Now, what we have taught in the church for many years from this scripture is that we'll say things like, many people go to Deuteronomy 28, they read all the blessings from verse 1 up to verse 14, and when they get to verse 15, they don't talk about the courses, and they, they forget to mention that the Bible says that the, the blessings are only for those who are able to obey God's commandment. So if you are not obeying God's commandment, that means the blessing is not for you and the course is for you. Have you heard stuff like that before? Hello, have you heard stuff like that before? Now we are going to de de. We are going to, I feel like a chef this morning. We are going to knife it out and we are going to break it down. Praise God. And what will happen at the end of the day is you are going to be set free. You are going to feel free to fly. And you are going to enter into your God-ordained possessions. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, the first thing I mentioned is that this blessing is not for a nation. You've heard people say things like Israel is God's chosen country, God's chosen people. Israel was God's metaphor for the day of the church. Listen to me. In fact, that is so true that any Israelite who doesn't plug into what God is doing in the church misses out on the blessing. A Jew is not one who is circumcised of the flesh, but one who is circumcised in the heart by the Spirit. That was Paul speaking to Romans. Are you with me this morning? So God's plan and God's blessing that we are going to read shortly, all of these blessings, they are for me and they are for you. Let me tell you why. And let me tell you why the curses are not for you. Because you've been told that it's only if I... See, let me tell you, when Moses was telling these people... In the, when you read the book of Deuteronomy very well, you will see that Moses was talking to them and they knew they were not going to do it. He, in fact, he told them, he says, I know that you are a stiff-necked people. I know you are not going to obey these commandments. He says, if you disobey your God, you will be carried into a foreign land. A people you have not known will take you and they will make you serve them. This was at a point where the concept was sla of slavery was, was domesticated. It was a man in his house, in his family, getting a foreigner to help out. Now, Moses was saying there is a new dimension of slavery where a whole nation 
We'll be taken to another place. I'm sure they were looking at the guy. What are you even talking about? We will serve this God. Moses said, I know you, you won't serve God. He said, we will serve, we will serve him. Only this God we will serve. Moses said, you? The minutes after God brought you out from the Red Sea. Minutes, minutes. You even started removing gold. You've already made calf. Now, 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 now. Even you, Aaron. Aaron. I have been gone for minutes. Praise God. Praise God. Can we digress a little bit? Every time you have intimacy with divinity, time pauses. The conversation God had with Moses on the mount, in Moses' mind, in Moses' mind, was a short conversation. You got details of the tabernacle, all those things. It wasn't it wasn't really 40 days. But on earth, where we were measuring time, it felt like 40. Are you with me? When Zechariah met an angel, the Bible says he was doing his duties as the high priest. When he met the angel, that one, the conversation was recorded, right? He says, your wife Elizabeth shall be with child. How shall these things be? You will be mute. You know, short conversation, few verses. You know what they said outside? They said, the guy has been gone for a long time. Long time. Praise God. Someone just needed to hear that. Because God, you've been hearing all these things of people praying for four hours, five hours, six hours. And you're wondering how it will be. The Lord said, I should tell you, it won't feel that way. It won't feel that way. Someone just needed to hear that. Praise God. Praise God. Are you still with me this morning? So Moses knew them. He knew these people. He knew they were not going to do it. It means fully well that if this blessing was spoken to people who... The person giving it to them knew that they were not going to obey it. Obviously, they were, they were set up somehow. It, it, it just couldn't have been for them. It was for some other people. Some other people who indeed and truly will be able to obey this commandment. Are you following me this morning? And that people is the age we are now. Now, listen to this very carefully. Never, there are people who say, who will say things like, Bring back the old-time religion. We want the old-time religion. They have no idea what they are talking about. The people who are the old-time religion are saying, we want to live in the season of the latter rains. The Bible says that there will be an outpouring. There is the former rain, there is the latter rain, and there is the day of the rains. And that is our day. Are you still with me? If God gave Moses a choice, he would rather be alive today. If God gave Paul a choice, he would rather be alive today. Why? Because we are entering into a season that there will be a manifestation of the Spirit of God like never before. Did you hear that? Someone is saying there's so much sin. No, the sin is competing with the sin of the past. How do you explain somebody visiting a place? And men in the place come and start knocking in the door, saying that we heard you here, you have a visitor, and he's a man. Bring him out, let's sleep with him. Is that happening today? So the conversation is skewed. They just make you feel God was back, was around then. It's not around now. It's a lie from the pit of hell. The path of the just is like a shining light. It gets brighter. The day of the church is getting brighter, getting stronger. The manifestation of our spirit, of the spirit in our spirit is becoming stronger. Are you with me this morning? That's the day we are living in. What a privilege to be alive in these times. What a privilege. What a privilege. 
They had the Spirit of God upon them. We have the Spirit of God within us. What a privilege. What a privilege. Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26. Jeremiah 31, 33. Hebrews 8 chapter 10. All those verses talk about the same thing. It says there is a day coming. There is a time coming. It says, I will put my spirit within them. I will give them a heart of flesh. I will empower them to be able to obey my commandments. That is the secret to the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. Because nobody without the empowerment of the spirit can obey God's commandments. Nobody. Nobody. The best. You know what the Bible talks about Job? Job says, the Bible says that Job was the most righteous man in his time. Even as righteous as he was, he was still not sure. The guy had guilt. He had fear. He wasn't even sure about his children. The Bible says he'll go and offer sacrifices and say, paradventure, just in case my children sinned. Praise God. So nobody in the old covenant could please God. They tried, but they couldn't. However, in the new covenant, the Bible says that he will put his spirit within us. He will take out a heart of stone and he will give a heart of flesh that is able to obey him. So I want us to go back to Deuteronomy 28. And I want us to read it with perspective. Now, he says, this is Moses speaking. He says, if you fully obey the Lord your God. Now, I want us to read it again and say, now that I am able to fully obey the Lord my God, and I am able to carefully follow all his commands, the Lord my God has set me on high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings have come upon me and they accompany me because I obey the Lord my God. Verse 3, I'm going to proclaim this into your life and I want you to say a big amen as I said. It says you are blessed in the city and you are blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb is blessed and the crops of your land are blessed. Your young and your livestock are blessed. The cows and the herds and your lambs are blessed. Somebody saying, I don't have livestock. Hey, you have the works of your hands. You have a job. You have, an, you have academics. You have school. You have exams. You have things you are trusting God for. I decree that because you are empowered by God to obey his commandments, the works of your hands are blessed. Verse 5 says, your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant the enemies will rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction and they will flee seven directions. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and everything you put your hands to do. Now, come on now. It says everything you put your hands to do. It doesn't say the things you prayed about. It doesn't say the things you did not pray about. Even the things you will do mistakenly. It's the Spirit of God that will tell you to stop it. Not that it did not work. Are you getting this? It says everything you lay your hands upon to do, the Lord will cause it to succeed. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
It says, in the land the Lord is giving you, the Lord will bless you. He will establish you as his holy people. In the mighty name of Jesus. The peoples on the earth, your neighbors, your colleagues, they will see and know that indeed you are blessed of the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 11, he says, the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. Abundant prosperity. Come on, that is a word for someone, not just prosperity. Abundant prosperity. Some people don't like hearing, hearing prosperity in the church. But I didn't write the Bible. It says the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm jumping to verse 12. It says the Lord will open the heavens over your storehouse. Woo! That's a good place to shout. Let me tell you, what made them shout in the Old Testament was the windows of heaven. Windows. Windows. He's saying here that the Lord is opening the entire roof of heaven over you, over your storehouse to send rain on your land. I know I told you this. When we see the word rain in the Bible, it's talking about a, 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 a mighty flooding of the Spirit. That's what it's talking about. It means that the Lord is releasing a dimension of the Spirit into your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, quickly, quickly. Praise God. Quick digression. You know that scripture that says that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, it says the Spirit of God will raise a standard. Hello? You, you, you don't know how much difference a comma can make in a statement. We have read it as when the enemy comes in like a flood, comma, the Spirit of God will raise a standard. Let me show you how you should read it. Because the enemy cannot come like a flood. It says, when the enemy comes, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise a standard. I speak into your life that everything confronting you, like a flood, the Spirit of God raises a standard against them. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody give the Lord a big shout. Praise God. Please be seated. Please be seated. So these blessings are for you. These blessings are for you. These blessings are for me. They are for my family. They are for my household. They are for our church. Not because we're able to do any special gymnastics to impress God, but because we are living in the time and the day where he has put his spirit in us. He has empowered us to please him. He has empowered us to please him. Do you know what it means to have a choice candidate? That's what this is. When you have a panel and you have a chief, a chief panelists on the panel and they're interviewing and this person has already decided it says that candidate i am pleased with him i am pleased with her it doesn't matter whether you answer all the questions it doesn't matter whether you fail all the questions because see there is always going to be a panel the devil is going to show up and say god is like you don't know these people anymore you love them so much you stop listening to them this is what he said this is what she she said are you not the one that said that the power of life and that lie in the tongue? He doesn't even have faith. She doesn't even have faith. See the doubt. See the unbelief. And the devil is making a case. And God just smiles and says, is it not my decision? I have chosen him. I have chosen her. Come on, somebody say, I am chosen. I am preferred. I am chosen. 
I am preferred. Come on, say it till you believe it. I am chosen. I am preferred. Praise God. Praise God. But let me tell you this. The chosen one and the preferred one might not look like it. Especially when you are looking with the eyes of flesh. They might not look, look like it. Which is why God instructs us in his word. God says himself, he is not into favoritism. We should not be also. Because someone comes into the church, they park a Tesla outside, they wear a good-looking suit, you have a tendency to rush to them and say, oh, maybe the helper of our destiny has come. And someone else just comes wearing a funny-looking T-shirt, maybe shorts and converse that is obvious that they've had it for 10 years. And you are, you are looking through the eyes of flesh. Because what God has written concerning those people, your eyes cannot see it. In a matter of days, weeks, months, the destiny of those people can manifest so much that you wish you treated them better. Tap your neighbor and say, treat me better. You have no idea what God is making out of me. They don't believe you. Find somebody else say, treat me better. Treat me better. better. Farms me more. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody give the Lord a big shout. Woo, thank you, Jesus. I think if we stop there, it's fine. Just that realization that God is pleased with me. You are going to bed. You are not praying. Father, as I go to bed, if the trumpet should sound, <laughs> every sin of omission, commission, and sin of monition, tonition, <laughs> is pleased with you. He's pleased with you. He's pleased with you. He has put his see. He's not, he's not pleased with you because you are good. Not because you are great. He has put his see. It is cheat code, but we cannot. Nobody can question him. That's what the Yorubas call kabiosi. It literally means the one to question you is not. I love Yoruba. The one to question you is not. What's that? What does that mean? That's bad English. There is no one that can question you. So God says. For me to pour out all these blessings on you, you have to make me happy. And then everybody just shows up that, yes, uh, nobody can make him happy. So nobody is getting the blessing. Then God now shows up and says, I am giving you the ability to make me happy. And even in the moments where you are not maximizing that ability, I am choosing to agree that you've made me happy. Are you getting it? That is the power of sovereignty. That's what it means. That's what it means to be all-powerful, almighty. You can say a thing, and it is. And nobody will question it. Nobody will say, oh, excuse, sir. The devil tries. He does a lot of excuse, sir. And the Bible says we'll put him where he belongs. Where? On our feet. Praise God. I think we have a few minutes to go into what we had prepared for this morning. And it is, it is also going to bless you. When the Lord says he's bringing us into new territories and he wants us to possess our possession, there are three levels of possession. Many, many times we emphasize the third one because we are eager to give a testimony. So we put all our emphasis on the third one. All right. Now, I'm not saying you should testify at the beginning because indeed there are some testimonies that might be premature. Now, how do you define a premature testimony? I need to say this. I need to say this. A premature testimony is not a testimony given in faith. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about you believing God for healing 
and you've gone for tests, but you've not seen the results yet. And then you come and testify and you say, I know that I am healed. Now, that is a right testimony if it is given in faith. Because the real proof of that faith is that your joy is not connected to what the eventual result is. Are you still following me? So that's not what I mean. A premature testimony is a testimony that is not anchored on any promise. That is it's not as if you gave it early. Whether I gave it early or you gave it late, if it is not anchored on a word, there is no light that you are, you are toggling on as it were. That is a premature testimony. Are you still with me? So there are three dimensions of possession. We focus so much on the last one. The first one is spiritual possession. Somebody say spiritual possession. The second one is mental possession. Somebody say mental possession. And the third one is physical possession. Many times we want the physical possession. And let me tell you, God's plan for you is beyond meeting your needs. God has a master plan for your life that if you would allow him to execute it, you will look back and you will say, God, your way was better for me. Your, your method was better for me. Your way was better for me. And see, let me tell you, sometimes the, the true mark of your maturity is you not waiting to look back. For you in the now to say, God, your way is better for me. Your plan is better for me. It's a sign of maturity. At the end of the day, everything makes sense in retrospect for the child of God. At the end of the day. All right? But imagine the pain you have to endure just because you are waiting for, uh, for, for, for you to look back at it. Why don't you enjoy it? Someone say, Pastor, there's nothing to enjoy. I know. There's nothing to enjoy. It's not fun. While we are at it, it is not fun. But he's the one who is able to bring us out with a mighty outstretched arm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Over the past weeks, we've been talking about peace and we've been learning a lot. God doesn't even pay attention to the storms. Our God is the one that sleeps in a boat during a storm. Someone will say, what kind of irresponsible God is that? There is a storm and you are sleeping. That is because you feel that your activity shows you are responsible. No, it doesn't. If you are responsible, your responsibility is in standing on the word of God. Standing on his promises. Praise God. Praise God. The Bible says that the disciples had gone on a boat. They were going to the other side. Jesus said, I'll come and meet you. They didn't even, you know the first question I have with that story. They didn't ask Jesus, how will you get there? I'm sure they assumed he's the master. He will get another boat. It was never on their list that Jesus' plan was to walk. <laughs> was to walk on water and come and meet them. The Bible says that as they set sail, there was a mighty storm. All right? And even the disciples, it, what that storm did was it prolonged their journey. Follow me? And then Jesus Christ started walking on the storm. Now, think about this. As Jesus was walking on the storm, you and I, we think that the first thing that should happen is that the waves and the storm should come down. Because the king of kings is walking on it. Woo! Trust, guess what? The storms were blowing in breeze. As it was going, it was just feeling it. It was feeling the storms. How do I know that it was still stormy? The Bible says that after Jesus had beckoned Peter to come, Peter, on the instruction of Jesus, walked. It lasted him for a few minutes. Then he set his eyes away from the instruction. And now it was not like, hey, storm. Hey, me. I'm sure he did like this. 
I'm sure the first one, the thing was that, second one, ah, the third one, like, this is doubt. Oh, yeah, water. Ah, he said, master, master. Praise God. Now, what am I telling you? The wind will still blow. But Jesus is there. Hello? The storm will rage. But Jesus is there. But our eyes must be fixed on him. Not on the storms. Praise God. So, we said the first thing is what? Spiritual possession. The second one is mental possession. And the third one is physical possession. What that means is that the, the, the promise is first released. That is why I, I remember many, many years ago. I heard a man of God say this. You know there are some things you never forget. Hello? You know there are some things you never forget. Sometimes I, I ask my brain, why is it this one you chose not to? Why can't you remember all that details? Like exam, exam details. <laughs> And the man of God said some very simple, very simple statements. It's not deep. I will say it. You will, you will also hear that it is not deep. But it is profound. It says, or he said, he said, when an anointed servant of God releases a prophetic word, all you have to do is to say a believing amen. That's all he said. And for some strange reason, I never forgot I can picture the man's face as I speak now. Slender, tall, lanky man. He was wearing an agbada. It was a Friday night. I was a young boy, probably 13 or 12. My mates were running about and doing all sorts. I don't know why I was listening. And I heard him say it clearly. I said, what? That's easy. That was what I said. That's easy. Praise God. No, that's why Jesus said that you, you must have faith like children. Because I just, I just took, I took it like that. I remember when I was a lot younger, I think I was seven or eight years old. I was in a church, it was a new seed, newly planted church. And we had a guest speaker who was raising funds for a new building project. And the guest speaker said, I think I've shared this with us before. He says, if you sow into this building, the Lord will bless you 1,000 fold. Uh, I was eight. I was the one playing piano for them. Little boy with my big head. I need to post some throwbacks. All right. Ah, I heard the man. He said it the first time. People were not coming. I said it again. What? I, I was like 1,000 times. I knew maths. So I brought out paper and bio. I didn't have calculator. I, I had savings. I knew how much I had in my savings. Every night I used to count my savings. I, I, I changed. I'm being, I'm being very frank. I changed my savings into new notes. All my savings. And you know, if you use lower denominations, it will be more. So I will look for people. I'll say, oh, do you have this in tens or in fives? It might <laughs> so the money was fed it in this nice leather pouch that my dad had given me. So uh, at night, I would just go, I would just be feeling rich, counting it, yeah, rich. So right there during the service, my countenance changed. Nobody knew why. They thought maybe somebody slapped me or stole my. I was thinking, I was like, hmm, is this true? 1,000. Is this sounds nice. So uh, this one I'm counting hundred every night, one thousand times. So as Joshua's were sharing cards, you know sometimes they bypass children because they're like, "What are you doing?" I called Joshua. He said, "Don't allow the devil use you. Come here, <laughs> give me that card." I knew the exact amount I had. I was counting it every night. I wrote it down. I said, "I'm giving it all, pledging it to this work. This God that will give one thousand times." The man of God was shouting, "The God that I serve." Unless it's not the God. 
Within, I think he said within 30 days or 90 days, I'm not sure, within one year. But this time is not bad. Eh? <laughs> this time they are saying it's not bad. So I wrote everything. And the next Sunday, packed all my money, gave it, sold it, left it. Shortly after that, my, my brothers and people are told, I think I was low-key low a source of spectacle to them. I used to do a lot of things they would just enjoy and laugh about. So they noticed that I wasn't counting my money every night again. <laughs> they said, what happened? I said, you guys should chill. Say what? I said, my money is coming. They said, what do you mean your money is coming? I said, 1,000 times. They didn't get it. What is 1,000 times? I said, I, I took my money to church for building projects. That the pastor said, God, we give him 1,000 times. They laughed. They started laughing. I didn't understand. I didn't know. I didn't see what was funny. They were laughing and laughing and laughing. And I started feeling stupid. You know, there's a way. You, you know, there is laugh with you. Then when they finish laughing with you, now laugh at you. I had finished laughing with them. I know that I started crying. <laughs> I was like, are you guys? <laughs> Please, we are a serious church. I said, are you telling me that it's gone? <laughs> Somebody said, God is faithful. God is faithful. So spiritual possession. Let me tell you where, we'll just run through this because I want us to pray. Spiritual possession begins with you finding a promise and you receive revelation on it. So it begins with that revelation and it ends with a shout or with a song. What that means is that you are meditating on a promise. And then suddenly in your spirit, it, it's as if you broke through a wall. And then you just say, oh yes, thank you Jesus. That means you have received it. In the realm of the spirit, you have received it. Did you hear that? So you sit on issues. You pray on issues. You rejoice on issues until it bursts out in a song or with a shout. That is spiritual possession. Praise God. I'm sure somebody was expecting on that spiritual possession that I would say, you call the name of Jesus four times in the morning, call the name of Jesus five times in the evening, and then you would say, every padlock that has locked my possession. Release, release, release. Let me tell you. Hello? Someone said, does, it, does that method work? It works. Hello? I won't lie to you. It works. If it doesn't work, intelligent people won't be doing it. But God has not called us to intelligence. He has called us to revelation. There is a superior level. I gave you this illustration before. So people in my village, when the Americans want to show kindness to them and give them water, it's not the type of water that you find in piercing airports, that you find in Kumukoko, local airport. The one in piercing airport, you put your hand under it and water is coming out, right? If you tell someone in my village that that is possible, they will tell you that you must be stupid or you believe something else. They believe that for water to come out, you must jump on something and pound it over a well. It must even be over a well. If you take them to Piercer and put up, the first question is, where is the well? Number two is, why is there no tap? They'll be asking you questions. How did the thing that I put my hand under? It's the same way when we tell people that we war with worship. We war with worship. Let the praises of our God, the high praises of our God, be in our mouth. It says a double-edged sword. 
That is how we fight our own battle. But so, for some people, they have to deal with padlock. And there's, that is like pumping water. We, we are not at that level. Hello? Hello? This is how we fight our battles. Praise God. Praise God. Are you still with me this morning? Mental possession is the second level. All right? And going back to the story of the Israelites, this was the biggest challenge for them. They had been slaves for too long. They had been slaves for too long. They had been slaves for too long. Too long. Praise God. There is something in psychology called conditioning. I'm sure we've read about the experiments before. I'll share with us very quickly two experiments. The first one is the most popular one about Pavlov's conditioning. I've read it before. Where, a, where before there was a dog and then the dog was conditioned to associate the ringing of a bell with preparation for food. So that every time before they served the dog food, they would um, ring a bell and then the, the dog would start salivating and then food will show up. So it got to a stage that even without food showing up, just by ringing a bell, the dog started salivating. So the dog had been conditioned to associate that, such that dogs that were not around when the experiments were being done, by virtue of seeing that when we hear bell, we salivate, they also started doing it. Are we still together? The second experiment, I saw it recently on social media this week. Someone was using it to explain mass conditioning was a group of monkeys that were placed in a room and there was a ladder in the room. And then every time a monkey tried to climb the ladder, they would spray water on, on all the monkeys, all of them. One tried, but they would spray water on all of them. So as they would go, spray, spray. So they associated that if you try to climb the ladder, what happens? You get sprayed water. So they will remove one monkey and put another one. The new monkey, not knowing what's up, will just go to the ladder. The other monkeys will go and pull it down. That, hey, you want them to shower out. Will you leave there? So they did that until they replaced all the monkeys, such that there was no monkey there that had experienced a shower. But because they had been conditioned that if you touch ladder, something bad happens. It doesn't even know what something bad is. None of them had ever been showered. All right, that's just talk about, to, to talk about conditioning. Now, why am I saying this? The major problem the Israelites had living in Egypt was that they had been overconditioned to the lifestyle of slavery that even after they were free, they wished that they could go back to... Can you imagine that? Hello? Now, we read it, and it looks like what kind of people is, are, are those? But it is real. How can you, how can you wish that you, 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 you return back to what you were delivered from. They were willing to go back to be flogged. Willing to go back to be, to be given bricks and straw when God was calling them to a new life. As believers, we do the same sometimes. There is a call, there is a charge for us to come up to a higher life. But we are saying, God, I want to go back. I miss, I miss my friends. I miss my colleagues. I miss, I miss the times when I could tell a lie. I miss the times when I could forge documents just to have extra bucks. I miss it. I want to go back. Tap your neighbor and say, we are never going back. Look for someone else. Say, we are never going back. So with mental possession, there is an ongoing process of mind renewal and skill acquisition. Constant mind renewal. 
And how do we renew our minds? We renew our minds by literally flushing, washing it with the word. Word. I remember in the days of Bible quiz, we need to bring it back, especially for our younger ones and including adults too. Adults are not too old to know the word of God. We always ask the question, where in the Bible was it said? Pure water. All right. So I'm giving you the, 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 what, 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 what is it called now? Okay, I'll give you the expo. It's in Hebrews. All right. Calls the word of God pure water. So mind renewal is literally a flushing of what you believe with what the word of God says. So this is what I've always believed. This is what I've lived with. This is how we have always done it. But this is how the word of God says it should be. Therefore, I am now choosing to live my life based on how God's word says. Are you still with me here? And if you search enough, you will see that there are a lot of things that need replacement. From the old slave ways with the new way of revelation. Your prayer, your songs, your response to emergency. Your response to news. Your response to situations. There is a normal, natural response. There is what the word of God says to do. Be anxious for nothing. That is what the word of God says. It means fully well that every child of God, every child of God should have normal BP. That's what it means. Especially the one that is traceable to worry. You should have it. Even the one that is traceable to non-worry. There is a scripture for it. Hello. It has been healed by his stripes. Praise God. Praise God. Be anxious for nothing. That is what the word of God says. So on every area of your life, you will find promises. Praise God. Physical possession refers to you now going in to take it. You go in. But many times you find people trying to go in to take it where they've not settled it spiritually. They've not settled it mentally and they want to enter into it physically. What happens is that it destroys them. Praise God. Numbers chapter 13, 26 to 28. We'll read a few scriptures and we'll rise to pray. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. From verse 26, he says, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruits of the land. They gave Moses the account. We went into the land to which the Lord sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is his fruit. So they brought souvenirs. Verse 28, they said, But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak. These are the giants. We saw the giants there. It says the Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites. You know, when, when we didn't know the word of God, I remember back then, people who were in Jebus, they claimed that they were Jebusites. And I don't even understand. These are the same people God drove out of the land and you are trying to associate. Instead of you to say that you, you don't even know them, Oh, yeah, not associated with them. Praise God. He says, the Canaanites, all of them live there. Verse 30 says, then Caleb silenced the people. Is that in your Bible? If you have a marker, if you have an electronic Bible, I need you to highlight verse 30. He says, then Caleb silenced. Now, why, why are we saying this? Everything God wants to bring you into is bigger than your mind can take. I'm going to say that again. That place God is bringing you to is he. There is nobody that God reveals and God doesn't even reveal everything. The literally reveals, you don't hear it and say, 
oh yes, God, let's do this. No, nobody, there's no evidence in scripture. For instance, the things God has shown us about this ministry and about this church, sometimes I need to look for faith to believe it. It doesn't look true. But what Caleb did here, first thing was to silence the people. What you must do is to silence every voice of doubt. Every time that voice tells you you are not good enough, you are not qualified enough, they are not going to give you the job, your skin is black, your name is local. You know, studies have shown that if you change your name, you, you get interviews. Yeah, studies have shown. Somebody changed his name to Ben from, I won't say the name, so you won't know the country or the tribe. <laughs> interviews started flying. Then you now show up on interview. They'll be like, is it you? Say, it's too late. You've called me already. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody say, you silence the people. You silence the voice. Every voice that suggests that you are not good enough for what God has prepared for you. You are good enough because God says so. Praise God. Praise God. I'm looking at my time. And I have, I have time for just one more point. So I have to choose well. Praise God. And I think I've chosen well. What you are afraid of is actually afraid of you. What you are afraid of is afraid of you. That place that God has put for you, set, arranged, designed for you, that you are questioning yourself. Everything, every power in heaven and on earth, under the earth, every demon, principality and power, they are scared that one day you will discover that God has handed it over to you. They are scared. They are afraid. They are afraid of you. These people went about telling all the people that there are giants there. We can't go there. We look like grasshoppers before them. Oh, we thought we looked like grasshoppers. However, when we got the opinion of the people, this was Rahab talking to the two spies that jo Joshua sent. He said, the dread of you has been in our hearts. The same people we were scared of actually scared of us. But one day, you need to rise up, take a stand, and discover who you are. Praise God. Praise God. I'll be deceiving you and doing you a great disservice if I tell you that all God's promises to you will arrive on a platter to be a lie. To be a lie. That it will just be served on a plate and given to you. Boom. When a lot of people pray, that's how they expect God to answer. That's, what, that's how they expect. But God doesn't roll that way. He answers to our prayers. And this is proof that God always answers prayers. I'm going to end it with this. God answers prayers always. Everything we pray according to his spirit always answers prayers. Every time everyone receives a prayer, a supplication that is done with thanksgiving, the Bible says that the peace of God, somebody say the peace of God. So what God does is he gives you peace. Has he, has he answered or not? If he gives you peace. Has he answered? It means you might feel the symptom where he has given you peace. You might feel the pain where he has given you peace. Your account might still be red where he has given you peace. The collectors might still be calling you where he has given you peace. You might be looking at the deadline right in front of you. God is two weeks away. 
God is one week away, three days away. Am I going to be put to shame? But he has given you peace. He has given you peace. The other way he answers us is he gives us revelation. He gives you light. Suddenly, you just see like never, the same scripture everybody is shouting about. I am above and not beneath. I am above and Suddenly, it just dawns on you that, you know what? This is not my level. I am not beneath. Light has come. And suddenly, you begin to walk in that realization. Spiritually, mentally, and eventually, you enter into it physically. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? Have you been blessed this morning? Why don't you rise up on your feet? Rise up on your feet. We are going to pray. We are going to pray. For 30 seconds, just very quickly say, thank you, Jesus. 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 All-powerful. There is nothing too difficult for him to do. There is nothing too hard for him to do. All-powerful God. He has said to us that we are taking territories in this season. We are possessing our possessions. It has your name on it. It has my name on it. Therefore, I am taking it. I know that there are many adversaries. Paul said a great and effectual door has been opened unto us. But there are many adversaries. But God is not only able to deliver us into our land, He's able to deal with the adversaries. God is not intimidated by the size of giants. Giants are crumbling, walls are falling. Come on, somebody begin to thank God for victory. Say, Father, I thank you for my victory. Thank you for victory. Thank you for victory over sickness. That stubborn, diseased, afraid about it, are fasted about it. Now I decree the verdict. I have victory over that diagnosis. Including the ones that have no name and no diagnosis. I have victory over it. The peace of God that passes all understanding floods my heart. I refuse to pay attention to the voice of the pain. I refuse to pay attention to the voice of that symptom. Like Caleb, I silenced that voice. Like the Apostle Paul said, I pulled down those strongholds. Everything that exalts itself above the Lordship of Jesus. We pull it down. We pull it down. We claim our victory. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Why don't you find a partner very quickly? I want you to agree with that person. Find a partner. Find a partner. Find a partner. Let the music keep on playing. Don't worry. You know the interesting thing about being a musician? This is what I've done the large part of my church life. Many times we are not able to participate. But God has a way of meeting us where we are. On our instruments. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You are going to pray for that person you are holding. You, two prayer points. You say, I release the supernatural enablement from the most high that enables you to trample upon your giants. Hello? Do you understand that prayer? Now, we are not praying that God should reduce the size of the giants. God is empowering you to trample upon them. That means God is raising your stature. Hello? You, your, this is your size. But in the spiritual, your, your stature can be so radically transformed that giants will see you and run. Like a flood, the Spirit of God raises a standard. So you are going to agree with that person. Every giant facing you, 
whether it is financial, whether it is physical, whether it is a health giant in your family, the kids, home or abroad, whatever name that giant is known by, whatever color that giant is known by, whatever statistics that prove that that giant should still be around, you say, I release the supernatural power of the Most High. And you are divinely enabled to trample over it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father. It is done. In Jesus' name, we are afraid. In Jesus' name, we are afraid. In Jesus' name, we are afraid. We're going to do something that is a prophetic instruction. I need the music to continue playing very loudly. You can leave the person you're holding. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We are going to go around. We are going to do this 40 times. That means you will go to the same person more than once. But make sure you say it 40 times. If it's 41, it's fine. All right. If it's 39, count well. Praise God. And you will say, in the name of Jesus, you have the victory. All right? That's how I heard it. That's how we are going to do it. And we will come back testifying in the mighty name of Jesus. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Okay, let's do this. One to go. In the name of Jesus, you have the victory. In the name of 